And I don't think in Appalachia that that is the thing that we've had because albeit we're in the mountains, we never had a question about who's who across the holler. Welcome to Revelations, the place we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. He is a native of the Appalachian Way and has a podcast dedicated to the region. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of Appalachian Pie, Blaine Kerr. Blaine is his name, and this is his revelation. And believe me, Cole, I do appreciate the fact that we have been trying to connect with one another for the the amount of time that we have, but it's okay. You you can just call me Blaine. You don't have to give me that Blaine Kerr thing. <laughs> no problem, Blaine. <laughs> I'm like Cher. <laughs> okay you like share okay so no cur just straight blame all right that's good enough <laughs> oh my uh, so before i even get into where you grew up and all of that uh have you been an appalachian all of your life all of my life no um i grew up there um i left and actually lived out in the midwest for a little while a little bit deeper in the south for several years and recently returned within the past three okay so you got a flavor of other areas and you still you still were like this is home and i love it ah good 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 nice nice now i i believe you are currently in the Asheville area right Yes, sir. Just outside of Asheville, actually a little bit closer out towards um, most people may know Cherokee for the Harris Casino and all that stuff. So, And for me, since I'm in Nashville, that's like about a four and a half hour drive. So, uh, oh, yeah, we got to hang out in Knoxville one time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the time that I went to Knoxville, I was like, man, I got to come back. It is a nice area. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, definitely have to do that. But you didn't grow up in Asheville. Uh, So where did you grow up? (sighs) Okay. Are we going to go really dark on this or do you want to (laughs) just gloss it over? (laughs) You can go wherever you want to go. You can go how deep you like. You can go how light you like. I consider this an audio psychiatrist couch. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, it's very simple. I grew up, um, well, I was actually born within the city limits of Johnson City. Uh, my family had a farm that my father moved us out to when I was about three or four years old. And we raise tobacco and everything out there. It's kind of in what used to be Boone's Creek slash Gray Sulphur Springs. Um, the technical name was Hales Community. So we grew up there, raised tobacco, had 
some cattle that were ours, and we also had leased out, well, I didn't, but my father did. He leased out some of the acreage for someone else to raise his own cattle and also tobacco and everything. And I primarily grew up in the foothills of Appalachia there. Hmm. Oh, uh, yes. Johnson City, Kingsport in Bristol, Tennessee slash Virginia. <laughs> uh, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Right in that little crotch. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, never been to that area, but I'm somewhat familiar with it. Uh, so, yeah, that, that has to be interesting. Tobacco. Oh, okay. I, and I've always, of course, associated tobacco with North Carolina, but I, de- I didn't know that tobacco was prominent in that area, too. Uh, oh, my family actually, for quite a while, we ran a warehouse that was the, I guess it was the second largest warehouse, might have been third largest warehouse in the area for the storage and sales during the auctions back in the 80s and stuff. Wow. Nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just, hmm. Because uh, my my thought was always, uh, well, it may not be considered the tourist hotspot per se, but, you know, since you're in the mountains, you know, I would think that there would be certain th- areas, you know, like vineyards or other, other, uh, other things that you would grow there. But I never considered tobacco being a prime uh, crop there. Well, so, uh, like I said, it was back in the 80s. So things have changed yeah, a lot. Yeah, true. Yeah, it has. It has. <laughs> uh, well, okay. We'll 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 go there. Uh, what has been the difference between then and now when it comes to Appalachia to you? Um, if I can be brutally honest, um, please. The thing that I hate is the fact that chains have moved in and. It's become the homogenization of America, where we no longer have our own culture within our own towns or anything. And it frustrates the crap out of me when everyone's like, oh, what do you want to do? I want to run to Chili's. I want to run to Applebee's, (laughs) whatever. Uh, Screw that. What happened to mom and pop? I mean, uh, that's what bothers me. Mm. And it's interesting you say that because uh, dealing with it on the media end, uh, and especially in radio, uh, the the beauty of radio was you had these independent entities that fed into the creativity of what they thought was good music. And then when it basically was shrunk down to three big corporations telling us... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, these 20 songs are what you need to hear each hour, and we'll put that on rotation every hour. It, it, it just killed the, it killed the integrity to me of the industry. So it's interesting that when you talk about the Appalachia that you love versus the Appalachia that you really do not like as much, I see similar parallels. And that is interesting. That is interesting. And, uh, You you can probably actually see that happening in your neck of the woods, if you think about it, because Nashville, be it as it is, it's done a great thing with trying to get out country music, 
I guess, well, that was an attempt that they tried to do, but it's kind of turned into pop country. Um, but that place, and I've got a brother that lives there now. That place is no longer Nashville as I knew it when I was younger. I mean, even Poets Row, because Poets Row used to be one of the best little places to go into dive bars and check out up-and-coming artists and everything, and now it's just a commercialized crap hole, in my opinion. (laughs) Oh, yes. Sing the praises of corporations, please, Blaine. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) <laughs> all right so uh, and this was a theme i was wanting to actually broach uh, with you because uh i know this is part of what appalachian pie is all about for you uh you seem to have this this harsh disdain for corporate america or at least corporations in general why why does it bother you that we're seeing the emphasis of chains restaurants, other businesses, what have you, over the more independent nature of what mom-and-pop stores and -and mom-and-pop restaurants were? Well, I can reverse that question on you. Um, On one hand, yes, I do hate all of that. What's the word I'm looking for here? Oligarchy. Mm -hmm that you could look at with the corporations and everything. But by the same token, it, it robs you. It robs me of who we are, who, who we grew up to be and everything. So I guess if you look at the corporate structure, it comes down at the end. Well, okay. I'll use Cracker Barrel as an example here. They, they, they do their best to sit there and pretend to be a down home country, whatever nest for people. They're always located right off the interstate. They go out of their way to get that property, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, they're nothing but a corporation trying to make money and enticing people looking for that little bit of something that's in their heart that they think that they're looking for. And great. It's food. <laughs> Bye. We don't care anymore. Oh, my. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, considering that, well, Nashville, or I should say a suburb of Nashville is the home of Cracker Barrel. I totally get that. And you're right. That's the mentality. That when you see Cracker Barrel, that is the mentality. That it is a, it's a corporation that tries to sell you the down home country feel. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, so I'm assuming this is the. <laughs> I apologize if I just went weird on that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. That's, that's quite all right. That's quite all right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, in, in, like in studying you and understanding this, this aspect about you being something that is so passionate in your spirit. In growing up where you did and now living where you do now, how do you look at the bigger cities that you see that you, you're seeing a little bit of the element of the big city element coming into the, into your area? Uh, how do you view that? How do you view like cities like New York and LA and Chicago versus the smaller, or I should say, quote unquote, 
smaller cities where, you know, Appalachia is Knoxville, Johnson City, Asheville, and, you know, in many other cities. Uh, how do you view big city life versus the life that you live? Well, I mean, I appreciate the way that you set up that question, but in all honesty, out of the ones that you mentioned, Chicago seems to be the only one that I believe has held on to a little bit more of its roots versus New York or LA. LA's never had roots. Um, I'm going to be a jerk about this and I'm trying not to cuss because I know it's your show. Um, (laughs) um, New York has its certain boroughs and everything. And this is something that I did want to touch on while we were talking, but it's also a very segregated area. If you think about it, because those boroughs kind of delineate who you're supposed to be and everything. Well, it's, I apologize. I just said, um, they, they kind of delineate the neighborhoods so deeply. And I don't think in Appalachia that that is the thing that we've had because albeit we're in the mountains and we're also in the South, but we, we never had a question about who's who across the holler. I mean, it probably sounds stupid the way that I tried to phrase that, but it's, it's something, sorry, I'm running down a rabbit hole here. I'm about to go on something about race and go ahead. It bothers me that people automatically think about Appalachia and the South in general as being racist. It's just not something that I've ever encountered. I mean, I'm not saying that I haven't met people who are racist, but it's just, I've never felt like that was something all over the place. I mean, Yeah, please redirect me before I go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and I mean, I, I too, I've met racist individuals in many different areas of the country, not just the South. However, the 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 broad brush that the South gets painted—that all areas of the South are racists—yeah, that's a that's a bit strong, and that's a bit wrong. That's a, it's a lot wrong because. Well, that, that is and, the case. You know, actually, I appreciate you saying that because of the fact that when when I have visited up north, like we were talking about New York and everything, I have felt more racism up there. And I'm a white guy. But just to hear people talking, I have felt more racism up there than I have ever felt down here. I mean, yeah, you occasionally run into the idiot that's just going to be like, 
white power yelling and I apologize for this, but just yelling stupid or get the hell out of here. It it seems like down here we we all grew up together. We know the difference between what happened with slavery and all mm-hmm. that. So maybe uh, maybe my concept is wrong on that. I mean, feel free to jack me. Uh, well, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you're fully. Well, I won't say you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, in my estimation, since I have lived in you know other other states in the South, I mean, like you, I've lived in South Carolina too. Uh, oh, you did. Where yeah, about? I did. Uh, Columbia. Oh. Dear God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I take Cola sucks. <laughs> I, I, I take that I take that apology with all the sincerity that it came out of you because I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, I've lived in lived in South Carolina, lived in Virginia, and I, I too lived in North Carolina for a time. So, uh, along with those areas, of you know was born and reared in Houston. Well, born in Orleans and reared in Houston. So I, I Oh Houston. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dude. Mm-hmm. So I've 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 gotten a taste of of those types of understandings of well you know the South is racist or you know those country bumpkins are racist. You know they don't have any they don't have any compunction for anybody outside of 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 the person that looks just like them. And I in every walk of where I've been have run across individuals who may have looked the part of redneck, may have sounded the part of redneck, but everything speaks embracing every single person for who they are for at face value all across the board. I've met more of those people than I had met the idiots. So I totally right. get, I totally get what you're saying. And that's why I can't say you're wrong because I've also been in New York and I've also seen those. I've also seen that type of segregation there too, that, it's ta- it's it's tacit, but it's there, and you can feel it. So I totally get you. I totally get you. And I had a conversation with my father once, and he actually said the same thing. Only he said that about Philadelphia versus down here. He says, "Man, I feel more. I felt more racist in Philadelphia than I do here." I'm talking about Houston. So yeah, I mean, you're on point. You, I I can't say you're wrong because I've heard from many other people the same thing, and I've lived it myself. Yeah. Well, and I even know that when I was living out in St. Louis. um, there were certain streets that once you cross them, it was always kind of like a weird thing. You, you could be <laughs> to, to borrow your term tacitly allowed to be there, but you weren't necessarily welcome. And you, you felt that the instant you cross that street. And that that's honestly one of those things too, that, and I apologize for going down the race thing and all that, but it's one of the things that I appreciate about you is because you recognize the fact that I'm Blaine, <laughs> but <laughs> I know full well that you're Cole and what your religious beliefs are. And I'm not necessarily wanting to go down a religious conversation with everything, but yes, we can have different viewpoints. But at the end of the day, you've got to realize someone's either an asshole or they're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And then you have to realize, okay, do I want to deal with that person or not? Knowing that they are this. And, and, and to me, that's, that's what it's about. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's that simple, you know? Uh, I mean, there's, there's people of my own culture that I wouldn't want to be around because I'm thinking, okay, your mindset is extremely narrow-minded. I don't. Okay. Now, wait a second. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't necessarily mean to interrupt you there, but I do enjoy this because what do you mean by that? Oh, all right. So I was in the military uh, and that's where I spent most of my time in North Carolina, Fort Bragg. uh, And Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I ran across, and I, I ran across a few when I was younger, but definitely in the military I ran across many, many guys who were, you know, you know, my shade, you know, and they were black. <laughs> and yes, for those who don't know, yes, I'm black and I'm proud of it. You are? Yes, I am. <laughs> I know. What a shock. <laughs> but I, but I ran across others who, who actually blatantly said to me, I can't stand white people. We'll talk with them. But I can't stand white people. I, I don't like them. There isn't anything about them that I can, that, 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 that I can embrace. That's messed up. It is messed up. You got your idiots. You got your idiots of all cultures, but you also have kind people of all cultures and to, to eliminate them because of look, you are shortchanging yourself in having rich life experiences, period. Oh, yeah. It's a disservice. It is. It's a huge disservice that you do to yourself. And, and of course, now I've met many others in my culture who believe the same as I do, which is if you're a good person, I don't care what you look like, darkest shade, lightest shade, shades in between. If you have a good heart, you belong in the human family and we want to and I want to hang with you. Period. Well, and I think, too, you mentioning the military. Um, I can't remember what the movie was, but there was a kind of offhanded joke that was made one time about it's not necessarily black or white. It's different shades of green. Yeah. And, and they do teach that, you know, and it, it's it's inbred in that because, well, quite frankly, when and I didn't have the the privilege to go overseas, but yeah, when you get deployed and, and you have to protect your, you have to touch your buddy, uh, <laughs> color doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all about, I got right. your six, you know? So mm-hmm. if, you know, if, if you can't get past a simple and stupid barrier, such as a person doesn't look like me and I can't stand him or her, well, what good are you to my life? That to me just doesn't make sense. It never has. So now don't apologize for going down this, what you say, rabbit hole, because this has been an issue all of my life that I've dealt with. And I love it when people can openly talk about this and actually be intelligent in expressing this. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, if you don't mind me taking another step into everything, and this is pushing the edge of politics and all is the whole thing with Muslims and all, and the way that they're being chastised <laughs> in our society anymore. It, it bothers me because, yes, 
there are assholes everywhere. They're of every culture. They're of every creed, whatever. But you cannot sit there and broad brush everyone that way. And even immigrants now, that frustrates the hell out of me because I have so many friends that have come from south of the border, pardon the way that I'd phrase that. And it, it once again goes back to the disservice of logic in sitting there and just taking a second, stepping back and thinking, yes, we are all people. You can be judged on the core of your character, your heart, however you choose to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my, my father, he has an immense amount of respect and love from many Latin cultures. Uh, I mean, the, the, the people that have sung his praises the most where he worked all came from Latin American countries, all of them. And oh, nice. yeah, yeah. So I totally get, you know, how, how you say that uh, you can't paint everything and everybody with a broad brush because I know from firsthand experience, not all Mexicans are drug dealers, drug users, drug pushers. <laughs> I know that from personal experience. So to have someone say that, I don't care if it's the president or just a regular citizen. It, it, it is insulting. It is, and, and it makes you shake your head because it's like this isn't my experience. Because my experience says otherwise. It just does. So yeah, I'm with you on that. And 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 with uh, and with if, with uh, with Muslims, look. Yes, I'm Christian. I'm proud of it, but I'm not one of those that I think need that needs to say off with their heads. No. Now, actually, let me interrupt go you ahead, real go quickly ahead, go ahead. because you are honestly one of the few Christians that I believe actually adheres to what the Christian philosophy is supposed to be. And that that's part of my deep respect for you, sir. Mm, wow. Thank you. I, I take that and I receive that. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sorry to try to put you on the spot here because I feel like I'm taking over a little bit. But I, I guess I wonder from a perspective that you have as a Christian and everything, do you find it difficult or a little bit? upsetting that Christianity is used the way it is in a political sphere? Uh, difficult isn't the word. Upsetting definitely is. And and the reason why I find it upsetting is I just don't get why uh, the, the evangelical sect use themselves to be political pawns. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. it, it I, I thought, and there's a scripture that talks about being vigilant. You know, I thought that we're supposed to, you know, weigh all the options of anything, any candidate, any other situation in life, and you decide the best for you in terms of your Christian walk. It shouldn't be an automatic, 
oh, he's a GOP candidate. Oh, she's a GOP candidate. Well, I'm going for them because they talk about wanting to back the Christian church. And I'm thinking, no, no, you got to back the, you got to back the better candidate. And, and if that better candidate happens to be Democrat, fine. Uh, and for me, <laughs> that, if it happens to be an independent, if it happens right. to be a green party, it has to be a green we party. definitely need right. those. <laughs> and, and, I want, and I want more of that. I want more green party. I want libertarian party. I want more of an independent party to, to influence and influence politics. And I'll be more in favor of that than in the two choices that we seem to be having as of late. And it just upsets me to no end that, that I have so many who say they love the Lord, but they seem to love politics more. And that upsets me a lot because it, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about it's a not juxtaposition about that doesn't make sense. No, no, it doesn't make sense at all. Exactly. It should be God above everything else. And, and it doesn't matter what it is. And you can have someone that touts Jesus is my Lord and savior all day. But uh, <laughs> if, if it isn't represented in his or her life, why should I back you? And that goes to, that goes to any Democrat, uh, um, Democrat, any Republican, any green party, any libertarian party, any independent. It, it, that that's where it is for me. And it seems to me that to me, I will say this, and it comes down to money. And that is what upsets me the most about that. It just, it, it, it seemingly is going back to the corporation. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and you want to talk about corporations. The biggest one is these two political parties. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we see these commercials. We might as well say, and we, we see these commercials in, in campaigns. Might as well say bought and paid for by da 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 da, because that's what it is. Ah, sorry for that rambling. <laughs> but I knew we were going to. I knew we were going to get to that because I figure the energy that you have is about railing against, quite frankly, stupidity. And to me, that type of thinking, being a racist, being in a pocket of of certain places that you shouldn't be, simply because you think that they are that type of entity for you is rather stupid thinking. And you strike me as a guy who is about the spirit of independence. So I'll ask this for you. I'll ask this to you. Uh, oh, Lord. Where do you think your spirit of independence came from? I honestly think is part of my heritage. Uh, we We've always been, if you look back, multiple generations, the rabble rousers. Mm-hmm. Even, and I brought this up once before and, and, oh, you're familiar with Ashley, right? Yeah. yeah Ashley Sanders. Yes. Actually, she was my very first uh, revelations guest. So yes, I'm very familiar with her. Yeah. 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 So w- she and I were having a conversation one time and I started thinking about it and the question you asked, I mean, even one of my forefathers that came out of Scots Irish area and just, I mean, lowlands of Scotland going in Northern Ireland and then eventually making their ways into the Americas and everything. We, 
we always had a different view of the world, I guess, because during the Revolutionary War, one of my grandfather, great, 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 I, I don't know how many great. Actually, um, if you go to the museum there in Nashville, mm-hmm. my however many removed grandfathers <laughs> must used to be there, uh, Sweet Lips. And he was credited with having shot Colonel Ferguson on Kings Mountain and kind of changing the tide of the war for what was going on with the revolution in the South at that time. And then after you move up further, the people that we kind of associated with even took a chance and tried to break away from the state of Tennessee and formed the state of Franklin, which albeit it was brief. I think it lasted like three, three and a half years, something like that. Uh, Yeah, it was poorly planned (laughs) (laughs) and it was based on a border economy. So it fell apart, but that's, that's the people that I come from. So I guess that's the only way I can answer that. Mm. Spirit of, uh, okay. Hmm. Franklin. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no wonder. Stay at Franklin. Seriously. Franklin. Look it up. Yeah. 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 Well, that, well, as you know, yeah, there's a suburb of Nashville called Franklin and now I see why they act <laughs> the way they do. <laughs> that makes sense to me now. <laughs> oh my. Uh, it, all right. So I'll follow it up with this. What, uh, in, in, in that heritage of, being breathed upon independence, what do you like most about it? What do I like most about mm-hmm. it? Oh. <laughs> okay. I do like being able to throw my finger up to authority, mm. but I also like the fact that there's a lot of people that you don't necessarily think would share your opinion that if you throw your finger up, they recognize it and they want to pat you on the back and join you. How's that for a way of kind of sidestepping? <laughs> yeah, that was an adroit sidestep. And, and for the record, I can't throw the finger up with you, but I do support the understanding of why you do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. And this leads to the question that I always wanted to ask you about your show. Now, when I first heard, oh. <laughs> when I first heard, uh, Appalachian Pie, or I'll, I'll, I'll say when I first saw the title of it, I did have the thought of, okay, this could be straight hillbilly stuff. So prepare yourself. But little did I know when I saw the image of the show, the pie, the math pie symbol. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, there's a whole lot more to this. Okay, well, cool. Let me dig deep into this. Cool. I was like, why does he have the pie thing? All right. So then I realized when I listened to your show, I said, oh, okay, he's, he's taking what he, he's taking what he has lived and what he's living now, but he's showing, he's showing the world 
uh you know the the and we've talked about this all throughout this episode uh you know the 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 stereotype that you have about those of us who live in the mountains uh those of us who are appalachia uh no we're taking that and we're just turning on its ear this is really what appalachia is and i love that about you and i love that about your show and i i have to give you kudos just on that alone well i appreciate uh, that uh, i mean in all honesty, I didn't know whether or not it would resonate with people when I started it. Mm. And mm-hmm. as it as it kept going, and I mean, anytime you start a show, you start out with an idea, and mm-hmm. sometimes you get sideswiped with somebody that all of a sudden you're going, oh, crap, you honestly would fit into this, but... I never would have thought about it that way. Hmm. And that's the approach that I try to take for it because, you know, you you can find musicians, you can find artists, you can find everyday people who, I mean, even engineers that worked on building the Blue Ridge Parkway or anything. We're not idiots, but that's what people seem to take when you hear the word Appalachia. And that frustrated the out of me for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those areas where we can relate. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how you definitely feel about Appalachian. I totally get it. I, I totally get it because I've been railing against that with just my own culture for the longest, too. You know, just because you see me on site doesn't mean that I'm all about Ebonics. I can speak it. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I can speak it. But it doesn't mean that's what I'm about all the time, you know, so I totally get that. I totally get that. So what made you come up with the name in general, Appalachian Pie? A play on words. All right. I mean, I I, I know that's simplistic, Mm -hmm. but it was. It was a play on words because I was trying to figure out a way to reach out to people where they might be able to identify with it. So I was like, Appalachian, Appalachian, Oh, apple pie. And then the more I started thinking about, it, I was like, apple pie. Oh, apple pie. <laughs> now we can make this a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that was part of the entire thought process too, is you got to use pie to be able to measure the diameter of a circle. Nice. So, if you're looking at a way to take a full look of Appalachia, why not make it Appalachian pie? So, yeah. Brilliant. Seriously. And I'm not saying it because you're on the show. I'm actually saying this on all honesty. That is one of the most brilliant aspects of a title of any show that I have known. And, and I knew when I saw the pie symbol, I was like, okay, there has to be a deeper understanding and meaning. And I love that. I love that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so you, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the show has been around off and on for mm, three years. Is that correct? Yeah, about two and a half, three. About two yeah. and a half, three years. All right. Yeah. Uh, what direction do you want to take Appalachian Pie since you have been doing this for a while? Now, see, that's something that I kind of vacillate on Mm -hmm. every now and again. 
oh my God, I can't believe I just used the word vacillate. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, a lot of it is just highlighting the people of the region that don't necessarily fit that stereotype. But by the same token, I want to back it up a little bit more with some some commentary on social good, um, changing people's opinion about Appalachia. And, okay, sorry, I grunted there. Um, That's okay. There's another gentleman that you and I both know and have dealt with in the past. And, we had a brief conversation and when I, when I asked him what his opinion was just to hear the word Appalachia, he, he made the comment without even breaking a step in his speech that it was pure ignorance. And I just went, wait a second. That's. Oh, yeah. And I guess that kind of sh- it kind of stuck with me a little bit more so over these past several months while I've been <laughs> trying to get it going a little bit more frequently and Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to get across is that we're not all those idiots mm. as mass media would portray us to be. Mm. Yeah, you're not you personally are not, and the, and this, and of course, I have been in the area. The people are not. The, no, they're not. Uh, <laughs> take for prime example, uh, the Smoky Mountain region that's about a little east of Knoxville. If I'm not mistaken, that that park is probably the most uh, most populous attended uh, park in the country. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. It is. You aren't stupid in knowing how to bring people to an area. Uh, it, it takes intelligence to bring people to a place that says you can do this and we will treat you with the finest of care while you're here. Uh, yeah, that no. I can think of many different things. That I can name anything Appalachia. Stupid is not one of them. And it upsets me when I hear someone, like I said, you know, when, when I looked at, when I looked at your name, I was the uh, Appalachian pie. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, cause I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be something silly in terms of that they may be poking fun at the culture, but I wouldn't think of it as, okay, well, the host himself is, is silly or stupid. And yeah. And that's why I love you and the space that you provide because I, I, like I said, I'll go back to it. I'm all about those who flip stereotypes on his head. And I love how you do it from the title of the show to you and the presentation that you present to the guests that you have. I love that you are here to say, okay, yes, I'm proudly from the Appalachian area, but I'm going to shock you because I got the sense that God gave me and the intelligence that God gave me along with it to be proud to be from Appalachia and to shove in your face that I'm not stupid and to shove in your face. The whole area isn't either. I love that. And I truly appreciate you saying that. And I mean, you know, with any stereotype, and I've said this many times before, 
there is a certain amount of truth to any stereotype. You've got to embrace it. But when you embrace it, you also have to sit there and say, yeah, I'm that guy, but I'm also not that guy that everyone else thinks I am. So maybe that's what I'm trying to do that you're respecting. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you, 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 you're proud to embrace the good aspect of the culture and you should. You should, because, I mean, it's rich. It's rich in history. It's rich in culture. It's rich in the people and and the heart of the people. It's gorgeous, man. I mean, it's it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm speaking from the experience of actually being in the area. You know, you know, so. It, well, actually, I mean, go ahead. you were in Fort Bragg and everything. Mm-hmm. So you were in the crap hole armpit in North Carolina. That's a very good way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but as you slowly or i don't know how slowly ended up migrating over towards nashville and everything i mean what's your experience been when you came to appalachia i know you referenced the smoky mountains and all but Mm -hmm. just to me i and getting back to the racism i have never felt that anywhere in this area, I mean, granted, you run across hicks that are a little bit over the top, mm-hmm. but the majority of the people that you run across up here are not that. So what was your experience? It's funny you say that because, you know, from for me being in Texas, I ran across a whole ton of hicks. And like I said earlier, you know, that most of those are good loving people. They just simply live the some of the life that most stereotypical people would think is, okay, you're bigoted, you're redneck, I'm not gonna fool with you. But you dig deeper and you realize, wow, heart of gold. Okay, well, yeah, you may wear the ten gallon hat, but I don't care about the ten gallon hat. I don't care about the boots. All I care about is the heart. And your heart's good, cool. We can hang. And I've, I've ran into similar types of understandings in Tennessee. The difference, though, between Texas and Tennessee is that Tennesseans seem to really be all about the Deep South in terms of the genteelness. They are about more the less is hard if they don't want to deal with you. And <laughs> <laughs> the polite brush yeah, off. Yeah, the polite brush off, right. You know, so it's a little, it's the terms of endearment fly a whole lot quicker and the appeal from the people and the populace to you is a little more genteel. And I love it because I have not run into hardcore racists in Tennessee. I've really run across Hicks, but it, but it's like Hicks who have like a guitar on their back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, Oh, you bought the music. Okay. We could talk. Cool. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, to me, it's that. And, and, and yeah, and whenever I hear people yeah, across a hick with a piccolo on his back, oh, now that'd be cool. I haven't yet, <laughs> but 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 in Nashville, anything's possible. So I'm not going to say that I won't ever run into someone like that. <laughs> but I'm sure I probably will one day, you know. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I have not really run into any hardcore rednecks per se, and I think it's a good thing. And I think I, I've run into more people similar to you. You know, that, that live in the area and they want to say this stereotype stuff that you see and you hear, nah, dig a little deeper. You really understand the culture and you'll love it if you actually listen to me or see it. And that's how it is for me. Uh, I mean, I, 
I love Nashville from the standpoint of the culture. And I totally love the Smoky Mountains because of the same thing. And in, 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 in getting you on the opposite side of Smoky Mountains, which of course is Asheville, I, I feel the same energy. I mean, I feel the exact same energy. Like I could, I could picture you if you were to be four and a half hours away from there and being closer to Nashville or any of the suburbs. You remind me of many people who live in Nashville now. And, and it's like, okay. And I hear people just like you say, the Nashville that I know is not the Nashville that you see, oh, but right. the Nashville that I, I know, I'm going to show you. And in and of itself has a weird stereotype for people that it's just a country. It does hit town or something, but it's actually a mm-hmm. very, yeah, it's getting ridiculous actually, as far as this metropolitan field. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more, it's more of, it's more of a quote big city than, than country. And, and I felt it back in 2010. It definitely is that way now, eight years later. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like uh, you all paint this with the broad brush. Oh yeah, Tennessee, North Carolina. Oh, you're from the uh, you're from the mountain area. Oh yeah, okay. So you must know only two words. That type of stuff upsets me, man. I was like, come on, you know. So that's why I love you and your show because it's like it, you, you, just, you just take a shotgun, <laughs> take that stereotype, and you just blow that thing to smithereens. I love it. I've I never love heard it, it described that way, but my God. <laughs> I am taking that to heart. <laughs> Good. Good. Because it came from my heart. Because I, I seriously love that, man. Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, I could continue. Man, we, look, not only am I angry that I wish I could continue this conversation, I'm happy to say that I'm going to bright, invite you back to, uh, to another edition of this because uh, you are one whale of a guest. And, man, the the nuggets that you dropped, I love it. Uh, but before I do let you go, I always ask a guest that has come on my show for the first time these oh, following wow, questions. Now, before. in your life, <laughs> what is the biggest regret or biggest lesson learned in your life? And if you want to answer both of them, hmm. feel biggest free. Regret none. Um, lesson learned in life. Mm. Every day I learn a lesson in life. So there, there's not a biggest one. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly learning. We're constantly just growing as we go through life. Yeah. To your point, I remember my father told a story of, of understanding something new from one of his uh, one of his supervisors that's under him that was that, that was under him at the time and she was like 30 years his junior and he was he was saying how much he learned from that and he how, and how much he enjoyed it and so i said you mean to tell me you actually learn from someone younger than you he says yeah yeah i mean life is about learning something new every day. It would be stupid of me not to. I was like, wow. Now that's a lesson I will take with me the rest of my life. So I totally agree with you that every day is a learning lesson. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. That's probably one of the best ones. All right. I'll flip it on the, uh, on the ear on the other side Uh, what is 
the biggest accomplishment that you've ever had in your life? Hmm. Um, wow. Without trying to be overly sentimental or anything. And geez, you leave me in a quandary as to how real I want to be at the moment. Um, Probably finding love again. Um, Mm. Well, I mean, I was married, divorced, took a long time for me to trust anyone else. And I finally found it. And now that, not only is that love there, but after moving around for multiple years and really kind of hating where I came from and all, but coming back up to the mountains, the, the way I was embraced and the love that I feel from the people up here again really has changed my attitude a lot. That is profound. As profound and and that's what love does, man. I mean, it's supposed to do that. It's supposed to open you up to so many new possibilities. And and I always am, am I always am happy when someone has that love for themselves. And even after dealing with divorce and and heartbreak and betrayal, you know, to come to a place where not only do you love who you are, but you also love where you are from and that you love it so much that you're now back there and you get to share that type of love of everything else with the love of your life. That is special. Yep. That is absolutely special. Yeah. So uh, I, I agree that it's a great accomplishment and love is probably the greatest accomplishment we could all ever have. All right, so this is the part of the show where I allow you to go for broke. So whatever party shot you may have, because <laughs> you may have some more, uh, <laughs> or whatever other words of wisdom you have, because you've dispensed so many here already too. Whatever's in your heart, whatever's in your spirit or soul right now, I give it to you. The floor is well, first yours. I uh, thank you. Once again, Cole, for letting me come on and hang out with you. And I guess if if I were to say anything attempting to be profound, <laughs> it would probably be, you know what? We're all on this little sphere for such a short period of time when you think about it. Don't let all the crap that is freaking you out every day weigh you down to the point of inaction. If you feel like you need to say something, if you feel like you need to do something, if, if for whatever reason you want to take your dog for a freaking walk, do it. That we've only got a limited amount of time guys and please embrace it and take it.
Mm. There's nothing else needs to be said because I agree with all of that. The host of Appalachian Pie, Blaine, <laughs> I mean, Blaine. <laughs> Blaine, man, it is, it is a pleasure to call you friend, and it was a pleasure to have and this interview with you. It was definitely a pleasure for me, sir. I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, if, if you don't mind me just jumping in for a second, if anybody wants to Please? get in touch with me personally, there's appypie14 at gmail.com. You can look me up on Facebook. You can Google it, Appalachian Pie. Generally, I'm pretty sure I show up in the top eight of 10 results or something. But yeah, so go ahead and check me out. I'm always happy to talk to whomever. And if, if, you ever want to get in touch with Cole and you're hearing it for whatever reason from the back end, please let me know. I'll gladly put you in touch with him. He's a great guy. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is Blaine. What I like about guests like Blaine is that you can look on the surface and you can see a man that looks a certain way and then you hear him speak and he speaks a certain way. And a lot of people will write off someone like him, just like they have done with me and other people, just because of what they look like or what they sound like. But it takes having a conversation with that person to know what it is that really makes them tick. The word says... Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Now, if I were to look at face value at someone like Blaine and say, well, I don't really don't need to hear anything you have to say because, well, your neck drips red. Well, what type of person would that make me? If I'm going to be that close minded and that judgmental, why would anyone want to deal with me? Listen with your mind, listen with your heart and not listen with your eyes, because unfortunately we do a lot of that in today's society. There's no room for stereotypes, only for open minds, open ears, open hearts, and open souls. Many thanks to Blaine, and you can listen to Appalachian Pie on MileHighRadio.com. That's M-I-L-E-H-I-R-E-D-I-O, every Saturday. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. For more on Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P-I-P-P-A dot I-O, and MileHighRadio.com, spelled M-I-L-E-H-I-R-A-D-I-O, every Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.